Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Matthew chapter 11. I want you to go there with me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. We're going to read one verse here, and then we're going to talk, we're going to preach. Jesus said this, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I want to come to you this morning on this thought, holy violence. If you've ever thought about it, we're going to talk about it today. Holy violence. Let's ask the Lord to come and anoint us today. I I, I got to do something before we pray because I just I love her and <laughs> I'm proud of her. I know I was supposed to wait till next week, Courtney, but <laughs> Alexa. Uh, she's got today and hopefully next Sunday with us, and she's going to be moving. She's moving to Chicago to be with her dad, going to be working at the big old airport up there. But I'm just so proud of her because the devil has done everything he can to destroy her. But she's still here. Hallelujah. I said she's still here. We need to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You're going to make it, baby. Hallelujah. And so I'm not going to bring her up here in front of everybody to embarrass her. I'm just going to embarrass her by asking our ladies to go gather around her as we pray over this word. And just just pray over her. We're probably going to do it again next week, but we're going to pray over her today because she's in the process of closing out some things and and getting ready. Um, I hope you realize what victory has been won in her life. And so we're so thankful for that. Let's talk today. And just before we pray, before we do anything else, because it's on my mind, because God is working miracles. How many of you believe that? Sister Kayla, would you just shoot your hand up and wave at everybody? She's over there in that crowd. Not too many months ago, she, and you may not know this, but she had a miscarriage. And the devil beat her up and beat Brother Daniel up and made him feel just that this is never going to happen. This is never going to come to pass. But I want you to know today, and I didn't get the month. I don't know how far along we are, but I want you may have already seen it on Facebook, but we hadn't announced it from here. I want you to know she's pregnant with a baby girl this morning, and we give the need, we need to give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise for that miracle. Brother Daniel, gonna have another baby girl. Woo, you outnumbered big time. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. God's doing it, and we're so thankful. You're going to hear more about that in the days ahead. I want you all to lay hands on Alexa. I want us to ask the Lord to come with the anointing of the Holy Spirit that only He can. Let's believe Him to come and fill this place. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your presence. You're here today. We thank You for the richness, Lord, and sweetness of the Holy Ghost. 
Lord, as we stand in this place, we stand thankful, Lord, that you'll, you'll meet wherever two or three are gathered in your name. Because, Lord, for so many months you've met us right here in this old gym, and we thank you for that. And as we're here today and as we look to your word, we pray you let it come alive, Lord, like never before with revelation. I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful Bible I hold in my hands, God, that's Brother Stevens, and I, I dedicate it unto you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord, through the mighty name of Jesus. I pray it'll be a fresh revelation to his life. Let him be drawn to the pages every day of his life, Lord, and God, let the sweetness of it Lord, let it fill his heart and life. Let it give him direction. Let it be a light unto his path, a lamp unto his feet, and a light unto his path in the name of Jesus. Lord, as he hides it in his heart, God, help him to live holy and righteous before you like never before. We thank you for it, and we give it to you today. God, we pray, Lord, for Alexa. We thank you for her and what you're doing in her life. God, today we just give you praise for what the devil is meant for evil. You're turning it around for good. What the devil is meant to destroy, Lord, you're intervening and you're working things together for her good. So, Lord, we place her in your hands today. Over this next several days, Lord, as she makes preparation, be with her. Give her strength. Give her peace. Give her joy. Be all she needs today in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we stand in this place, as we prepare to receive of your word, I pray you'll open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. God, I pray you'll equip me. I pray you'll anoint me. I pray, God, you'll use me today as you've placed within my heart. Lord, we'll give you praise and glory and honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a great hand clap offering today. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated this morning. I'm going to try to make it through this today. I don't know. I, whew, from early this morning, I have just sensed the presence of the Lord. I'm not 100% certain today if you're going to leave this service without thinking Pastor has lost his mind. <laughs> He's off his rocker. He's fell off the deep end. He's a few bricks shy of a load. Porch lights on, nobody's home. You know, one of those things. I, I'm not sure that you're going to leave without thinking today, though any of those thoughts, but I've just come to say to you today that I believe the Holy Ghost has mandated this moment for us to be together. I believe as we're in this place this morning that there is a mission and a purpose for us to gather. I want you to look with me there in Matthew chapter 11 where Jesus said that the, from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Violent, take it by force. You know, I've, I've often preached and, and referenced that verse and I have uh, used it many times through the years. And this morning as I was studying and, and trying to put together all that the Lord has dealt with me about over the past several days, He led me to that one verse and showed me through that verse that there, there comes a point in your life that 
when something has got to change, that you've got to stand up in your life in the power and in the authority of the Holy Ghost to resist and to rebuke the enemy and to bombard heaven claiming the promises that God said are yours. When we look to the Word of God, we find a few definitions here in Matthew 11. The first one of suffereth violence is one word, and it means to force something, to seize or to press. When he said the violent take it by force, the Greek word there means a forcer. It means one very strong or powerful. From the days of John the Baptist, John the Baptist was believed before this. Jesus said this, it was believed that potentially, possibly, he started some two years prior as, as the forerunner of Christ. And, and his message was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he baptized folks in the River Jordan. And the, the, the religious crowd of the day uh, stood by and watched many in ridicule, but those that were in need, those that were desperate, those that were hungry for an answer, those that wanted the Lord in their life, they responded and began to bombard heaven, pressing their way in uh, into the kingdom of God through the message of John the Baptist as hearts begin to be prepared for the arrival of Jesus Christ. Understand today in this same way that you and I, especially as children of God, that there must be a place in our life where we press in. There must be a place in our life where we stand up and we stand our ground and we declare no more devil. We declare no more Satan. Are you hearing me today? That we step up and we, we force the situation according to the Word of God. I'm not necessarily talking about the outcome as much as I am the income. And what I mean is I may still have to face the circumstance I am in, but ultimately the circumstance I'm in, the intention and motive of it is to reveal by a refiner's fire the substance of my spiritual man. So what I can be, I can be in the middle of trouble, but trouble what? doesn't have to be in the middle of me. I, I may have to face the death of a loved one, but I'm not going to live the rest of my days in grief. I may have a need that is pressing, but I don't have to live in fear of whether there will be provision. I may be sick in my body and have to endure the affliction and adversity of, of, uh, of bad health, but I can do it still with the peace of God in my soul and a joy in my heart there comes a time that we as God's children must stand up and we must stand our ground and, and, and declare even a holy violence if you would that I'm not going to stand for this another day. I know that violence sounds like, a, like such a contradiction of who we are as Christians but I'm here to tell you to quite the contrary. It is exactly what we need today. Now before anybody thinks and before faith, I don't, we're not on Facebook, but before YouTube goes to try to cut me off, I'm not talking about taking up arms as, as far as the weapons of the natural. 
I'm not talking about going and buying you an AR-15 or a 9mm Glock. I'm not talking about that. No, I'm talking today about spiritual warfare and spiritual battles. So before you think that I've fallen off the deep end, I want you to hear this quote from C.H. Spurgeon. And this is what he said. He said, Oh, my brethren, what we want today in the church is violence. Not violence against each other, but violence against death, violence against hell, and against the hardness of other men's hearts, against the sleepiness of our own. Pastor, what exactly are you saying? I'm saying there must be a holy violence in your life. To say there must be a holy violence, listen, is to say there must be the stirring of a people. There must be a stirring of some men and a stirring of some women, some young men and some young ladies that are bent and determined to press in and to take what God said is rightfully yours. There must be a determination again to defeat the enemy, to take back your joy, to take back your peace, to take Take back your strength. Are you hearing me? To take back your family. To take back your marriage. To take back your children. It's time to declare in your life today, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to overtake. I'm going to overthrow. And I'm going to overflow. I will not die in this battle I'm in. I'm coming up. I'm coming out. And I'm coming in. I won't lay down and give up. I won't sit down and shut up. It's time to stand up, step out and jump into all that God has for me. My mind is made up that it stops here. You've tormented us long enough. You've tempted us long enough. You've put us through it long enough. It's time somebody stands up in the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost and say no more devil. No more. It's time to take up the authority God has given you as a born-again child of God. Resist the devil. Rebuke the devil. And run the devil off. Did you hear me? Can I say it? Hey, Griffins. Love you guys back there. I said resist the devil. Rebuke the devil. And run the devil off. Oh, can I say it one more time? Resist the devil, rebuke the devil, and run the devil off. That's why James said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will what? He will flee. In Luke 9 verse 1, Jesus, the, the word says that he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. If you consider yourself today a child of the living God, a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus, I'm not talking about in word only, but I'm talking about in deed and in truth. If you are truly a born again Christian today, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Come on, hop up on your feet if you're a born again believer. Because I want to tell you today that Jesus said he's given you power and authority over all devils. I said he's given you power and authority over all can I send to cure disease. He's given you power and authority over all devils. Somebody shout all. 
that those two words, all devils, is one Greek, one word in the Greek, and it means a demonic being. It means evil spirits. That means no matter the devil you're staring down, if you're a Christian, the Lord said He's given you power and authority. Are you hearing me today? Power and authority over all devils. Hallelujah. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says that the devil is our adversary. Understand this about our enemy. He is evil and he is wicked. He's opposed to anything and everything that has to do with our God. He's also relentless. What does that mean? That he is oppressively constant. He won't stop. He won't quit. He continues unless, if left without being checked, he continues to battle. He's also ruthless. What's that mean? He could care less about you or anything to do with you. There's no pity. His aim is to destroy you. He's the thief of John 10 and 10 that comes to steal and kill and destroy. He's reckless. What does that mean? That means that he thinks he can do what he's doing and get away with it. Even though he's resolute, he is firm in his purpose and he's determined to destroy you, destroy your marriage, destroy your children, destroy your home, and he's doing all he can to wreak havoc. Yes, he doesn't. He's reckless. He thinks he can do it and left unchecked. But can I tell you today to add one more R? I know it doesn't start with an R, but man, it's the biggest word I'm telling you. He is wrong. Did you hear me? I said he is wrong because the devil is already defeated in the mighty, mighty, mighty name above all names. The name that's given under heaven whereby men might be saved. He's defeated in the name of Jesus. He's defeated. Somebody say that. The devil is defeated. I want you to go with me if you would to Judges chapter 3. Y'all forgive me. I don't think my pants are going to hit the floor. But brother, brother Zach, I wore that new belt thing and I can't figure out how to take it off. Needed to tighten it up, but it's got a magnet. I can't, I'm gonna know how I'm gonna get out of this thing later. But I have to keep pulling them up. I don't know. But, anyways, <laughs> love me through. You have to show me later how to undo this thing. <laughs> so, forgive me for standing up here in front of you, pulling my drawers up every five minutes. In Judges chapter 3, I want you to look there with me. Verse number 9. This is what the Word of God tells us. It says, And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, that the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel, who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel, and went out to war. And the Lord delivered Chushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed against Chushan Rishathaim. Now I want to put a stop in it there except, well, verse 11, and the land had rest forty years, and Othniel the son of Canaz died. Now look, I want you to look at this passage because the Bible says, and we're going to work through this chapter and the chapter that follows real quick. For those of you that were here Wednesday night, you kind of know a little bit of where we're headed, but altogether different, different destination. Just stay with me. The word deliverer there in this verse means avenger. It means savior. 
a helper, a defender, and the deliverer. You see, the children of Israel were in bondage to the king of Mesopotamia. His name was Chushan Rishathaim. We're going to call him Chewy for short. King Chewy. King Chewy had him in bondage, but we find that when we look at his name, this is what it means, most malicious. It means double wicked. King Chewy was the most malicious of the day. He was evil. He was wicked. Oh, and we find that he he thought he was the top dog, but understand today he was wrong. Would you say that word wrong? Come on, say he's wrong. Oh, hallelujah. He thought he was the top dog. Oh, but listen, but God raised up a lion to be a deliverer, a lion that would come on the scene. For Othniel's name means this, force of God, lion of God. Even though King Chewy thought he was the top dog, the top dog could not handle the lion of God. He might have been the most malicious. He might have been double a double wicked king. He was an old dirty dog. The top dog is what he thought he was. Oh, but can I tell you today, that top dog of the devil was taken down by Othniel, the force of God, and the lion of God. I want to declare today that I know we're facing an enemy that thinks he's the top dog and he'll send hell's hounds out after you, barking in your life, doing all he can to destroy you. He walks about acting like he's a roaring lion. But can I tell you that there is one that is the lion of the tribe of Judah that has defeated the devil. I want you to know today that when the Lord comes on the scene in your life, oh, there is a victory that will come. The devil, that old dirty dog, he's no match for the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Othniel defeated Chewy, and the land had rest for 40 years. How many of you would be great with some rest? I'm not talking about sleep. I'm talking about spiritual rest. How many of you are tired of the battle? Tired of the struggle? Are you hearing me? Tired of it? Oh, listen to me in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In the same way Othniel led the way for deliverance, Jesus has led the way for our victory. I said, Jesus has led the way for our victory. Oh, but it didn't stop there. Because God raised up three people that we talked about Wednesday night who understood what it was going to take to have the victory. Three people by the name of Ehud, Shamgar, and Jael. Look there in your Bible. These three paint the picture of how we must be fearless. We must be fierce. And we must be faithful if we're going to have the victory in our lives. Understand today, look there with me with Ehud. Without taking time to read this entire passage, I want to just give you a little recap of the story in Judges chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. We find that Ehud was fearless. Why? Because the Lord raised him up. 
up. Anybody in this place been raised up by the Lord? Come on. Anybody in this place been raised up by the blood of Jesus? Oh, can I get a witness today of anybody that I say that the old man died, but the Lord raised me up a brand new person? Hallelujah. Oh, the Lord raised up Ehud, raised him up as a deliverer, and he was fearless. He lacked the fear. Oh, he goes in because the, the king of Moab, Eglon, Eglon, the Bible says, was a big old guy. And Eglon had put him in bondage. But the Lord raised up Ehud. And Ehud goes and he takes a dagger that had two edges. And he was left-handed and he strapped the dagger on his right side. I would imagine that this is pointed out because most of the day and even today are right-handed. And I would imagine the guards of the king would examine and look in certain places. But Ehud, he hid that dagger in a place. He had the weapon right where it needed to be. He goes in unto the king of Moab, Eglon. He goes in in the midst of guards. He goes in the midst of an entourage. He goes in the midst of the palace, in the summer parlor. He goes right up in the midst and he looks at Eglon and he says, Eglon, I have a message from oh, I have a message from God for you. Oh, come on. Ah, help me, Holy Ghost. I have a message from God for you. And Eglon turns and he runs everybody out of the parlor. And they shut the doors behind them and left alone is Ehud and King Eglon of Moab and Ehud takes this this dagger that is two edged and it's sharp and he takes it out and says I have a message from God for you and he thrusts that dagger into Eglon's belly and the Bible says that he thrust it in so deep that his belly closed on it and the intestines begin to pour out right there. Hear me and understand. I know there's devils that some of you are fighting today and they look big and they look bad and they feel like they're in control and they feel like they're in the summer parlor of your life and they're just basking in the sun like all is well. But I want you, matter of fact, I dare you to stand up with the spirit of holy violence and declare unto the devil, I got a message from God for you. And you take out that spiritual dagger, that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And you thrust it into that devil you're fighting. Can I tell you, it's time you declare, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's time you declare, there's still power in the blood of the Lamb. It's time you say, I will overcome. I will be able to cast that dagger in that devil. Give the Lord a good hand if you would. Far too many, far too many are living the bondage of the enemy, far too many. We find as we move just a little further, in Judges chapter 3, 
verse 31, that we find one mentioned there by the name of Shamgar. See, Ehud was fearless in that. He didn't have a, a fear on him. He had a mission. And he went knowing that God had raised him up for the moment. Shamgar was fierce. The word fierce means having or displaying an intense or ferocious aggressiveness. He was fierce. The Bible says in verse 31, look there. It says, and after him was Shamgar the son of Anath, which slew the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. If you jump over to verse 6 of chapter 5, you see that the Bible says, In the days of Shamgar the son of Anath, and in the days of Jael, we're fixing to talk about her, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through the byways. What are you saying, preacher? This is what I'm saying. Shamgar, somewhere in the middle of his life, somewhere, he had a, an awakening in his own soul and spirit in his walk with God. We find very few feats like this other than Samson. But one day the Philistines decided they were going to attack, and Shamgar wasn't necessarily prepared for the attack, so you know what he did? He used what he had. He took up an ox goad. Ox goad is that of a, like a cattle prod. But he took that ox goad and he slew 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He didn't run. He didn't retreat. He didn't give up. He didn't throw in the towel. He wasn't a coward. He stood up. He said, I might not have what I really think I need, but I'm going to use what I've got and give it unto the Lord and believe the Lord for the result, that the end result is going to be that, that will bring the Lord the glory. Somewhere he looked and said, I'm going to use this ox goad. And they started coming after him. And one by one, he started whooping up on the armies of the Philistines, 600 men that came against him. And one by one, I don't know how he did it, but one by one, he took them out. One by one, he began to slew and to slay the enemy. One by one. Oh, I don't know what the battlefield looked like, but I imagine it looked like a man that was fierce. A man that said, I'm not going to wait for you to bring it to me. You showed up on this battlefield. You're the one threatening me. You ain't going to get off this field alive. Are you hearing me? It's time for some people, God's people, to stand up and say, devil, I didn't pick this fight. You brought this fight to me. But I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to use what God's given me. This ox go to my spiritual life and I'm going to be fierce. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to pray a little harder. I'm going to worship a little more. I'm going to quote the word. I'm going to hold on in faith and I'm going to rebuke the devil and believe God for the victory in my life. Well, preacher, I just, you know, I'm just so shy. I hope I was just imitating all the women in here. You're a dude and you talk like that. We need. <laughs> it's another message for another time. 
want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them, get fierce. Get fierce. Bryce, I remember when you and Pastor Hayden were playing baseball together. And I remember being on the side over there helping sometimes. But I remember being over there on the side. and I'd hear, at times I'd hear your mom or even your dad, they'd be saying, wait a battle. Wait a battle. Hayden would get up there to go hit, and I'd tell him before he got up. I said, son, I want you to get some fire in your eyes. You hear me? You get some fire in your eyes. That ball's coming. You stay in that box, and you, you, I mean, you slap that thing to kingdom come. You get some fire in your eyes, son. Didn't we? Way to battle. We'd get in there. We'd play ball, and we'd battle. We'd battle. We'd get fire in our eyes. Are you hearing me? It's time for some of you to get some fire in your eyes because the devil's coming against you, and he's fighting against your home, and he's fighting against your marriage. He's fighting against your children, and you can get in there and just hope that it goes away, and you're going to end up defeated and destroyed. But if you'll get some fire in your eyes and get a little fierce about what's going on and say, I didn't pick this fight, the devil brought it to me but we're flat gonna finish it I'm not declaring my name I'm declaring the mighty name of Jesus and he's the author and the finisher of my faith turn to your neighbor tell him get fierce you never forget peewee football Pastor Hayden was on the defensive line. We taught, taught him a swim move, Allie. He'd get up there. He, 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 was, he got moved up to the older team because of his size. At 12 years old, I was making him sit down to get on to him. You know what I'm saying? I was like, you can sit down, son. We've got to have a talk. But I'll never forget the day that because of him continually, because we did a scrimmage with the younger guys his age, but because he kept continually busting through and sacking the quarterback and tackling the, the, the fullback or breaking up the play, the, the other coach, which was a big old guy, the other coach got up in his face and told him not to do it again. And if he did, grabbed him by the face and I said, if you do it again, I'm going to throw you through that batting cage. Before I knew what I had done, I got a little fierce. I ran up into the moment. And I said, hey, <laughs> wasn't quite that tall. But I, I said, let me tell you something. That's my son. And you ain't going to lay a finger on him or any of the other kids that's out here on this field. You ain't going to do it. And, I, and for about that time, I realized what I had done. I was up in somebody's face. He's bigger than I am. But I turned around and looked, and there was all kinds of other guys standing behind me, ready if, if need be. What I'm telling you is this. You may, all you got to do is stand up. All you got to do is, is make up your mind. It ain't going to happen. I'm not going to be beat down anymore. I'm not going to be discouraged anymore. I'm not going to be depressed anymore. The devil can't have my children. The devil can't have my marriage. The devil ain't going to whoop me up one side. Get a little fierce and stand up. And if you'll but stand up, point your finger in the devil's face, submit yourself to God and resist the devil, he's got to flee. And can I tell you this? The Lord's got you back. Did you hear me? I said the Lord's got you back. You just stand up. Fierce. 
Daniel, you remember when you were begging God to bring her back to you? How many of you remember that? Some of you were a part of those prayers. You remember it? I remember it. Elementary school. Daniel got fierce. Then Daniel lost his mind. Went the wrong direction. God brought, about the time God brought Kayla around, then Daniel's like, so then Kayla got fierce. And then finally, finally, they stepped into the Lord's perfect will and was joined in holy matrimony. Oh, and today, they're going to have, not today, but in two, not too many days, they're going to have a baby. Can I tell you why? Because somebody bombarded heaven and said, devil, you ain't going to stop this. Devil, you ain't going to mess this up. Woo, no matter what you go through in life, always remember those times. Always remember that love that you have for each other that brought you together. Always remember. Oh, can I tell you, I know the devil's out to destroy some of you in this place, but I'm begging you today. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Stand up in the authority and in the power of Jesus Christ and tell the devil, you're not going to do it. Not in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Sister Teresa. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Ehud was fearless, Shamgar was fierce, and J.L. was faithful, faithful. This is a passage of Scripture where the prophetess Deborah, actually it gave them the word that the deliverance would come by the hand of a woman. The Bible talks about this and the, the captain of the king of the Canaanites' army. His name was Sisera. The Bible says that the battle was put into array and the Canaanites were fighting against the Israelites and the Israelites prevailed, but Sisera escaped. He runs and standing in the doorway of her tent is a little woman named Jael. Jael says, come in here, my Lord. And he comes in. I mean, you wouldn't know what was in her heart to do by her actions to start with. She was very strategic. She comes in and he asks for water, but she gives him milk. I don't know if it was hot milk. Kind of seems like it could have been because he went to sleep. He comes in, goes to sleep, and she covers him up. And after she covers him up, she takes a tent stake and a hammer. The Bible says she moved softly over to Sisera as he laid down, and she took that hammer. And we talked about this Wednesday night. Some we talked about it after the service even. That she wasn't like, you know, because no, no offense to anybody, no, none of our ladies, no offense. But, but, and my wife's not here to defend herself. But how she hammers and how I hammer are two different things. You know, I swing the hammer. And she's more like, tap, 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 tap. She, she don't feel comfortable, you know. But this little JL lady, she didn't go, tap, 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 tap. 
she put that stake right at his temple, and she drew that hammer back. With one sweeping motion, she drove it through his temple into the ground. She nailed him to the ground. J.L. was faithful unto the Lord. She was not only faithful, but she was full of faith. And I want to tell you today that there's some of you in this place that the devil has brought the battle to your tent. Are you hearing me? The devil has brought the battle to your front door. He's brought the battle to your doorstep, to your living room, to your bedroom. He's brought it to your house. And you can either serve him up some water where he's refreshed, or you can allow the Lord to give you the strategy to nail him to the ground in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that the word of God is as a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. I have to believe that that tent stake, and Wednesday night we talked about all these three things, the dagger representing getting in the word, the ox goad representing that of forward progress that comes through prayer, and then with J.L., the tent stake representing that of worship in our life that finally nails the enemy to the ground and allows us to have victory. I believe today if the tent stake represents worship and the hammer represents the word that I dare somebody in this place that you know the devil has creeped into your home, he's creeped into your marriage, he's crept crept rather into your life, into your family. I dare somebody to take up the hammer of God's word and put a little worship with it and declare today that I'm going to praise my God. I might have to praise him on credit, but I'm going to praise him. He is my provider. I know the devil's telling me I'm going to die in it, but my God shall supply all my need. Put a hammer to it and worship God in the middle of it. Some of you have been through some things that the devil is meant to completely destroy you, but it's time you put a hammer to the tent stake of your worship and declare today, my God is working all things together for the good of them that love the Lord and those who are the called according to his purpose. What the devil meant to tear down, God's going to use it to build you up in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy violence. When was the last time you got mad? <laughs> Confess it, Brother Mo. Looked at my wife this morning. I told her, I told her, I said, I'm really just I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm talking about a righteous indignation. I'm mad at the devil. I'm sick and tired of seeing what he's doing. Coming against our families. Coming against our marriages. Coming against our children. I'm sick of it. And I came up in here today just looking for some folks Let's say, Pastor, we're going to lock arms with you. We ain't going to be defeated in this. We ain't going to be defeated in this. Are you hearing me? 
about to share some things you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to share it. Four years ago, on the 24th of this month, I had back surgery. As a result of a fractured back and injured neck, I had been in a lot of pain for about seven months. They had to do a fusion. It took several hours. I stayed in the hospital from Thursday to Monday. I come out, and I shared it with you, I guess a week or so ago, on, on so much medicine. But you know, the Lord has a way of getting your attention. And I would, would tell you that I've always felt like, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I've said that. But seven years earlier, I sat in a parking lot over by the shirt factory. Feeling God deal with me about Ponce de Leon. I'll honestly say to you, I, I felt like it wasn't time. I did. I felt like it wasn't time, but there was a pride in me that said, you know, location, location, location. Buildings. So I, it, if the Lord was trying to speak to me there, I, I think that was up. Lord took us back to our home church. I know He took us there. He used us to be able to join with other folks, incredible team of people, and see that church stood back up out of ruins. And we left for no reason at all. Other than the Lord said, you got to go. Took a year. Not in any hurry. But after I got home from this surgery, the doctors told me, you, you, when, you, when your nerves come back alive or, or back, back to feeling... You're going to have pain that'll start up at the top of your leg, and it's going to work its way down all the way. And when it get, gets to your feet, you're going to, you know, it's going to get better. I don't know how many days after me being back, my mother-in-law, my wife stayed with me several days, and my mother-in-law came and stayed with us and was with me. I was in bad shape. But I'll never forget nerve pain started started at the top back uh, hamstrings 
went down. And when it hit my feet, it was the worst pain I'd ever felt in my life. Both feet, I could barely walk. I could barely move. I, I, all I could, I, I walked like this. I had to just shuffle. Sister Amy went and bought me some, some nice house slippers. I couldn't stand them to be on my feet. The only thing I could wear was, was Crocs. But I remember laying, I, I tried everything. I got up, tried to be active and moving and see if that would help because I was supposed to walk uh, a tenth of a mile three times a day. Brother Daniel, you remember that. He was there building my fence. And so I'd get up and I'd get out there and walk, but tried to stay active. That didn't help. So then I said, I'm just going to stay off of them all day. That didn't help. It was about three or four days that I was just, it was continual. Nothing helped. Uh, on, on, and I told you, Oxycontin, Oxycodone, Tramadol, Gabapentin, Muscle Relaxer, uh, all of that. All of that I was taking around the clock. It was that severe. The doctors prescribed this for me. I guess it tapered off after about two weeks. But I remember laying flat on my back in my living room. I would surfed the preaching channels and had eliminated, I don't know the number of preachers. So I was like, oh my goodness, I'm not listening to that. Doctrinally or just dead. It was one of the two. There was differences there. I was like, no wonder. But I remember watching some of Jimmy Swaggart's services and laying there on that couch, tears streaming down my face, and me just telling the Lord, Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Wherever, listen to me, they're fine. Wherever you want me to go, Whatever you want me to do. And that's when the Lord began to deal with us about Ponce de Leon. Not just me, but Sister Amy as well. God began to put things in motion. We talked with our children. We began to meet with key, key leaders. People that were displaced, not in churches elsewhere. And God began to, to put it together. From then to now, we've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have gotten saved. We've, we've baptized 50 to 60 people. God has done incredible. But I want to tell you something. The devil doesn't want us here. He's doing all he can to fight. He's coming against families. He's coming against marriages. He's coming against children. He's coming against finances. He's coming against furniture, vehicles. He's doing all he can to tear down and discourage. You know, COVID hits. It had to happen the year we fully launched this thing. And, and it brings in a spirit of apathy that is still in the church today where people would rather stay home and watch it on TV in their underwear, in their recliner, than come to church. 
Now, I'm thankful for this because, like, my wife and daughter are able to see it today. we got others that are sick in Pensacola that are able to see this today. And others that are shut-ins, not able to be here. Brother Shay's mom is one of them. She's able to see it today. I'm thankful for that. But I'm going to tell you what it's not for. It's not for us to label that as our online church. If somebody's physically able to be here, they need to get up and be here. Because the the, the spirit of apathy has has caused people to pull back. And I don't care who you are. I'm just telling you. The devil's using it against the church. I was informed by a brother. He's no longer here. I won't go into details on his story, but he told me, he said, Pastor, and some of you, are going, this is where you're going to think I'm crazy. Pastor, I... Um, I know this sounds strange, but I just want you to know that the Lord showed me this one more time, and I I told him, and it happened, and I kind of felt like I needed to share this with you now because you need to be on your guard and you need to watch. He said, he said, I don't know where they're at. He said, but there there are there are some witches in the area, and he said, and they are going to come to one of your services, and he said, and you, you need to be on your guard. Now, I'm sharing that with you because there are a lot of folks that just dismiss that because they look for the big, tall, black hat and them to walk in with a broom with a black cat in their car. So I don't know when it's happened, but I believe it has happened. I believe we've been targeted as a ministry. I I, I believe there is um, adversity that has come against us spiritually because of what we're trying to do. Listen, there has been no Pentecostal church that has succeeded within Ponce de Leon. And when I say succeeded, I mean continued right on because of the attack of the enemy. There's no Pentecostal church that can have a 100-year celebration. You know, I've been Assemblies of God all my life, and for whatever reason, Sister Shelby, the Assemblies of God never planted a church in Ponce de Leon. There's, there's other Pentecostal churches that are on the outskirts on the west side of the county. But in this area, there's not been one. There's been two attempts at a little, little church that's across from the elementary school, little, a couple little buildings, a little, couple little churches. And, and they come in, they try, they shut down. I'm sharing all this to tell you that there's a stronghold in this area. There are, there are demonic forces, for whatever reason, that are determined that on this side over here, there will not be spiritual breakthroughs. There will not be the operating power of the Holy Spirit to cast out devils and, and to see the addicts fully delivered and to see people you know, come in that are, that are bound and shackled and be set free. I'm not... That there, there's a, a fight against this. Uh, I want you to know what you've signed up for. Because the devil doesn't want us here. You know, he doesn't want us in this gym. We, we've started this re- relocation project. He don't want it finished. He, he wants it at a standstill. But this morning, walking my dirt road, 
the Lord began to speak to me. And I began to pray, and He began to show, and He began to reveal unto me that if we will stand together, if we will come together, do you know what Ehud's name means? It means unity. If we will stand up as an Ehud, if we will stand up in unity, if we will stand up, because a lot of you don't realize the battles we've been in over the last year. We've had to make some really hard, righteous stands that have affected us as a church. But I want to tell you something. I'd do it all over again. If I can just get some people. I'm going to tell you. Can I just confess to you? Can I do that? I looked at your pastor's wife this morning. This is about to get real. I told her, I said, baby, I'm just tired. I'm weary. We've spent months cleaning out the place. And now I'm trying to find the energy to do what we need to do to get in it. Somehow in the midst of all of it, it gets foggy. But the more I thought about it, Brother Alvy, the madder I got. The more I thought about it, the angrier I got. I said, if I can just get some folks that'll stand back up with me, we're going to drive this devil out. We're going to rebuke this enemy. We're going to command him to go. If I can just get some that'll lock arms with me and say, Pastor, we're going to stand in holy violence. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. If I can just get some that'll say, you're not in this alone, preacher. We're going to drive this devil back in the name of Jesus. I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul where he told Timothy to stir up the gift of God which is in you. I'm reminded of the words of Peter, Sister Justine, in 2 Peter chapter 3 where he said, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I want you to know what we're fighting for. We're not fighting to, to present Cross Point Church to everybody. We're fighting to bring the Jesus to a lost and dying world that need to hear about a Savior and a deliverer and a healer to bring a Jesus to them that'll set them free from their addictions that'll set them free from the bondage that'll heal their broken hearts oh that'll save their marriage we're fighting to bring a Jesus to them not religion but a Jesus that loves them and cares about them that'll put their life back together that'll save their soul and heal their hearts with your family I tried some of you that are here today the devil's got you at the edge and he's going to push you off if you don't realize that you've got power 
and authority. Quit letting him win. Stir up yourself today. Not another day. Not another minute. Stir yourself up. Pastor, it's too far gone. Maybe it is. I don't know. I declare unto you nothing's too hard for God. But let me say to you, at the end of the day, the devil's not after your vehicle. He's not after your checkbook. He's not after your house. And the truth is, he's not even after your marriage. Can I tell you what he's after? He's after your soul. He's after your life. And if you let him, he's going to rip you to shreds and tear you apart. But if somebody will just stand up and dig your heels in. Stand up as an Ehud and be fearless. Stand up as a Shemgar and be fierce. Stand up as a Jael and be faithful and say no more devil. Not another day. Not another moment. can't have my home. You can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my mind. You can't have my joy. You can't have my peace. You can't have my anointing. You can't have my hunger. You can't have my fire. My mind is made up. Stand up. Holy violence. Holy violence. It's life or death. Pastor, I don't really have anything to get mad about. Listen. Only, that's the only way I know to describe it is that it's like you just you get mad at the devil. You're like, mm, no more. You begin to push him back, drive him back, and you declare no weapon formed against me will prosper. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. You trying to beat me? Uh-uh. No more. No more. No weapon formed against me shall prop move over there. You've got to push him back and say, no more, devil. No more. And when he tries to come back, when he comes back into your home, into your family, you stop him in the name of Jesus and say, no more, devil. No more, devil. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon. Let him come back in. Guess what he'll do? He'll come back in and push you around. He'll come back in and push you around, husband. He'll push you around, wife. He'll push you around, mama. He'll push you around, daddy. Daddy. He'll push you around. He'll tell you you're nobody. You're nothing. You're not going to make it. You ain't got to stay in it. God wants you happy. Or he'll push you around and tell you all these kind of things. And as long as you allow him, that's what he'll do. Get a little holy violence. You'll say, I ain't going to take it anymore. And you'll say, you ain't pushing me around. Not another day. You ain't coming against my marriage. Not another day. 
you're not going to have my children. You ain't coming against them. Not another day. And all of a sudden, you begin to push him around in the power of the Holy Ghost. Just quote the word of the Lord. Now listen to me. Some of you, listen, I want to I ask you to ask this, yourself this question. Do you like him pushing you around? Do you like what you're feeling? Do you like what you're going through? Or if you're happy with it, then this message ain't for you. But for those of you that are say, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being pushed around by the enemy. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and so the violent take it by force. Ah, give me a chair. Give me a chair. I want to tell you what the Lord wants to do in your life. I know you may be staring the enemy down, but all of a sudden, that devil that's staring you down, glaring at you, uh, staring you down, say, so go that way, staring you down, at, uh, that he's going to destroy you, and he's going to ruin you, do you know what it's time for you to do, it's time for you to rise above the enemy, through your prayers, rise above the enemy to understand the word of God, you're the head, and not the tail, you're blessed and not cursed, oh hallelujah, and you can rise above, uh, knowing I am a child of the living God, I know I got a battle the devil but let me tell you something devil not another day not another moment not another second are you going to come against me with this and you begin to push the devil violently out of your life through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost are you hearing me through the power of God would you stand with me please You know, I remember when I first started learning how to pray out loud. Thank you, Brother Marshall. Let me push you around. <laughs> when I first started learning how to pray out loud, it was an experience. I, you know, as a teenager, I'd never done that. It was weird to me to start with, but I don't know. I started walking and praying, Brother Fausto. If you were to ever get around me after, especially after I'd become an adult, you'd think I was hollering at somebody. I was mad. I'm not telling you that it takes it takes the screaming and ho- I'm not telling you that, but I'm telling you that when something gets in your spirit, there's a fierceness that comes. I think it's really about you standing up in the authority that you have as a child of God. Today, what needs to happen is there's some folks that need to be stirred in your spirit. I want to ask you to sit down for just a moment. I know I had you stand. Fixing to do something. The hours grown late. Well, I preached a long time this morning. If you're in a battle of any kind in your life, maybe it's not you personally, maybe it's a family member, but there's a battle of some kind going on, I want you to stand to your feet.
Let me say to you that sometimes it's it's not something that's going wrong, as in tearing up, going bad. I, sometimes it's it's a it's a battle over spiritual life. I want you to reach over and grab somebody's hand that's beside you. I question the Lord about this, but I'm trying to trust Him. This is what He would have me do as your pastor, as a shepherd over you. I want you to say these words. I have authority in Jesus' name. Say it again. I have authority in Jesus' name. steps forward and turn around. Marshall, I want you to go right here and turn around. Brother Donnie, I want you to come right here and turn around. Courtney, you can step up there with him. Casey, you can step up there with him. We're about to pray over you, and then we're going to all come to the altars. For everyone that's standing, I want you to address whatever the battle is. I want you to address it verbally. I want you to open your mouth, and I want you to speak it out, and I want you to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Some of you have never done that before. If you're a born-again child of God, you have authority to do this, okay? But I want to pray over you right now. I want these ministers to, to stretch their hands towards you. We're going to believe the Lord's coming right now to move. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, so many that have stood today with battles in their life, Lord, they're fighting the enemy. God, even those that are watching my live stream, Lord, they are fighting the enemy. But today, God, I, I come against every attack in the name of Jesus. Lord, as their pastor, as a shepherd over them today, God, I stand in the gap and I, and I make up the hedge joined by these ministers. And Lord, today we plead the blood over every single person that's standing or seated that are in the thick of the battle, the heat of the struggle, whatever it may be. God, I'm asking you to come, Lord, and begin to move. We just rebuke the enemy. We rebuke the devourer. We rebuke every spirit that is coming against them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke spirits of fear. We rebuke spirits of apathy. We rebuke spirits of divorce. We rebuke spirits of lust. We rebuke we rebuke spirits of poverty. We rebuke in the name of Jesus. We command you to leave them alone in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare over this church, over every family, 
over every life, over every home, over every marriage. We declare victory and strength. We rebuke spirits of depression and spirits of oppression. We command you to leave in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we declare over every person that is standing, every person, Lord, that is here today, we declare strength in their spirits, joy in their souls, peace in their minds. Lord, we speak love in the marital relationships. We call them back to life. Those, Lord, that are on the rocks, we speak life right now. We rebuke every devil of hell that is battling families today in the mighty name of Jesus. We rebuke every devil, every demonic spirit that's coming against this church family. And we declare revival in homes. We declare revival in lives. Revival in our teenagers. Revival in our young men and young ladies. Revival in our men and our women. We speak revival. We speak provision into their homes and into their families today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want every one of you that's standing. I want to ask you to make your way down here to these. If our ministers will step on this other side, make your way down here to these altars. You can kneel, you can stand, you can lay down, whatever you want to do. But I want us to pray over you today. I want us to believe the Lord to work in you. Today is a day of victory. Today is a day of breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. Today is the day of turnaround. Today we're taking authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Today, 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 in the mighty name of Jesus from side to side. It's a day of breakthrough. Stand up right now in the authority God's given you. Stand up. Oh, as a child of God, open your mouth and rebuke the devil in the mighty name of Jesus. Call out on your Savior today. Call out on your God today. Let him come. Come alive in the name of Jesus. He's going to work a miracle. He's going to work a miracle in you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let him pour his spirit out on you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.